Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Hoping we find you all in good form. Uh, we just have John Paul answering our calls uh, today. Sadie is not with us today and we will miss her because she's been playing a blinder answering your calls. So just bear that in mind if you are contacting us by phone 1850 There may be delays in answering your calls because it's just John Paul on his own. But of course, text and WhatsApp is available to you at 086 And you can still email Patricia at c103. Dot IE. And today we reflect on yesterday, which was certainly the saddest day in this fight against uh, coronavirus. A record number of deaths, the number for yesterday in a 24 hour period, 17 people passed uh, away and 325 people. They were the new cases who tested positive for COVID-19. The mounting death toll now for the virus brings it to 71 people have died in in this little island of uh, ours it comes as Irish patients with COVID-19 are to take part in an international clinical trial. It'll see if there are treatments which can support those who are critically ill with the virus and you would hope that those clinical trials, uh, that's what we can... So we can most hope for now is that they get some kind of a treatment that if God forbid you get it and you get seriously unwell, then there will be some kind of medication available to you. And that will buy us time while they're on the other side of the coin, they're working to get the vaccine. But we know it's going to be next year before a vaccine. And once we have the vaccine, then we can put COVID-19, please God, behind us. But we have that period in between now and a vaccine being developed and ready to go out onto the market. And that's what we need. We need treatments. We need to be able to treat people that become sick. Of those who died in Ireland uh, yesterday, more than eight in ten were over the age of 70 and two thirds were from the east of the country. It does seem like that Dublin area seems to be the hardest hit. But if you look to other countries, if you look across the water in the United Kingdom, in England, it's London is the hardest uh, hit. If you go over to Italy, it's the city of Milan that has been hardest hit. If you go in America, my God, New York are in a dreadful, dreadful uh, situation with it. And even in Australia, it's the likes of Sydney and Melbourne. It's the bigger cities are coming out to have the more cases. And that's probably to do with the bigger population base and people living closer together. I suppose this whole social distancing is harder if you're living in a city. Now the jump in new cases yesterday brings our total to 300 or 3,000 God, it's a long time since we've been talking even though it isn't that long ago when I had the figures in hundreds, it was only probably last week we're at 3,000 
235. The number of people to test positive for the infection. Hospital admission intensive care units, the ones that I'm closely watching on a daily basis, that has risen to 113 severely ill patients with the virus and it's out of that 113 figure will be the figure we'll talk about tomorrow on the number of people that have passed away and that number has just steadily, steadily, steadily been uh, increasing. It's just, they are the very, very sickest. And of the 703 people who have been hospitalised, so out of that figure of 2,000, 3,235 703 have been hospitalised which means the rest were cared for at home because as we've we've said for 80% of the people it will be a mild to moderate viral infection and people will you know some people will feel very unwell others won't even feel that unwell but you'll be able to look after yourself self-isolated at home uh, obviously so 703 people ended up in hospital and when you do the breakdown of that 703 half of the people picked up the infection without knowing the source that again is the big worrying part because that means it's out in the community a quarter of all those that were infected are healthcare workers another big worry for us because we need our frontline staff we need them fit we need them healthy and we need them in the in the hospitals and in the IC units. One in four of the 647 healthcare workers, including doctors, nurses, healthcare assistants and porters were infected in a hospital or a healthcare setting. They didn't get it out in the community. They got it while they were at work, thus proving that all of our healthcare, our frontline staff, all of our workers, they are putting their own lives in risk every single day when they turn up for work. They are just incredible people. The Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan, who's playing an absolute blinder, he warned yesterday that while the emergency measures are flattening the curve, it's working, but We've got a 15% daily increase in cases. Now, that's down from 33. So we had a 33%. It's fallen to 15%. So you can see almost the graph. We are flattening that curve. But he said with a rise of daily new cases of 15%, that is still too high. We still have to flatten that curve further. The fear is that there will be a surge in cases in the coming weeks. And with that surge in cases is the danger and the worry that it will overwhelm the hospital with seriously ill uh, patients. And of course, we have been looking at the middle of April. It's sort of the Easter weekend, the 10th to the 14th of the dates that people are still talking about, that if there's to be a surge, it is going to be over that weekend. The National Public Health Emergency Team, of course, they're meeting on a daily basis. They are now recommending more intensive tracing of contacts of people who test positive because this is the real way of flattening uh, the curve. What they're now going to do in future, contact tracing will encompass the period from 48 hours prior to the onset of the symptoms because the person who tested positive um, may not have been showing symptoms of the infection 48 hours before, say, the cough is the is the one really that seems to be catching a lot of people or people getting a, a fever. But they say for 48 hours before, they would still have been infectious. And so they're going to look at people that they would have met 48 hours before the actual symptoms started. The average number of contacts of people who are infected has reduced now to three. And that's down to physical distancing. And they tend to be others inside in the household. And you see, if we all do as we're told, and we're all all told to stay indoors and just go out, if you need to do your shopping, a hospital appointment, a doctor's appointment, you need to go to the pharmacy for your little bit of exercise. And when you are out, you know, keep your distance from people. 
And then if, God forbid, you still do manage to pick it up, at least when they go to do contact tracing, you'll be able to hand on heart say, well, the only people that I was in very close contact with, I think it's for over 15 minutes, would be the people in my house. And that's why they're seeing now when people are getting confirmed positive, they'd only been in contact with uh, three people. So those three people self-isolate. And the idea would be that hopefully they wouldn't come down with it. But if they didn't, they would only be that little cluster of people within that household. They also want safeguards to be updated on nursing homes Big, big worry at the moment with nursing homes with the number of clusters of cases in nursing homes and other residential uh, settings. There are now 23 outbreaks or clusters of the virus in our nursing homes. And also yesterday it was announced that healthcare workers who share houses or an apartment are, are being asked to move to other accommodations which will be provided by the HSE. They're doing this as a means of reducing the chances of affecting each other and passing it on in the workplace because what they've discovered is there are many nurses who live together but they might, li- they might work in different hospitals or they might work in different nursing homes or doctors. You know, they could have a lot of junior hospital doctors living together all working in different settings. So if that's the case, they're saying to them, would you move out? Would one person stay? Would the others move out? And the HSE say, you know, that they're going to do their best uh, to try to provide accommodation for them. But they're trying to split them up in case they've to end up one of them comes down with it. They don't want everybody and all of them would be frontline staff. They don't want all of them having to self-isolate. Um, um, it's the... Uh, go- also, I thought was good news was Tony Hoolan saying yesterday that the HSE now going to be working with nursing homes around areas of staffing and around areas of equipment. It's understood that the patient safety watchdog HICWA also going to work with some of the nursing homes to to assess their infection control uh, procedures. And I was when I heard about this yesterday, I thought, yeah, that's good news and that's that's very welcome to news. But I'm kind of thinking, is it coming a little bit too late? We knew. We've known about coronavirus. We've been talking about it now for nearly a month. And we've also known from looking at other countries, from looking at China, from looking at Italy uh, and Spain, that this is a dreadful, dreadful virus that really attacks older and vulnerable people. So when I heard yesterday that they're really starting to work with nursing homes now, surely at the very start of all of this, one of the first things they should have done was gone to the nursing homes and said, right, we need to put everything in place to make sure that you don't get outbreaks in any of the nursing homes, be they private or the HSE ones. And it just... It was almost, is this a little too late? Certainly for the people who've come down with the virus and who, bless their hearts, whose lives will be lost because of it. But anyway, let's look at the positive rather than the negative. And at least now they're starting to work with the nursing homes and hopefully they'll be able to put everything in place to stop further outbreaks within nursing home settings. And for people who are waiting on test results, we had a number of people contacted us yesterday with various dates across last week and the week before saying they'd been tested. Some people still feeling very unwell. Other people saying absolutely no symptoms now, but I'm still waiting on the test results. What do I do? And as we were saying to everyone, if you have been tested, you you remain isolated until you hear back on what your test results are. Or if you've been told to self-isolate, that 14 days is really, really important. I mean, if you get a test results back saying it's negative, then you're obviously okay to go back outside, but you do not move until you get the test results. And uh, Dr. Gillian into Gascoigne. He's with the National Virus Reference Laboratory. He's another one of those faces we're seeing a lot of from those daily press briefings. He has confirmed that there is a delay now of 10 days 
before people who have been tested with the virus are getting their results. And the real worry in the midst of that is it means the priority groups, such as people with, with severe, very severe illnesses, but healthcare workers, those doctors and uh, nurses who've come down with symptoms, they unfortunately are facing the delays because there, there doesn't seem to be. And that's something I do think they need to look at is a fast track system for our healthcare workers to make sure that they're not working 10 days. Because I saw some doctors and nurses on Twitter self-isolating, getting very, very frustrated because their symptoms have passed. They feel they don't have the virus but they had been sick last week. They got tested and they're still waiting on the test results and you know they just want to get back to work because they're hearing from their colleagues just how frantic it can be, particularly in the ICUs when you see there's 113 people in the in the ICUs. And because so many of our medical staff are being forced to self-isolate, doctors in some of the larger countries are having to agree to work 24-hour shifts. Uh, it's junior hospital doctors. This 24-hour shift has been introduced. It's in James's Hospital in uh, Dublin. They're coming under pressure to care for the rise in the patients who are seriously ill with the virus and hospitals countrywide are facing severe strain and that is down to the number of staff who've been told to self-isolate after either getting the infection or coming in contact with somebody uh, who has it. Hospitals around the country are particularly worried about having enough staff still skilled in caring for patients in intensive care or in beds where they have to be ventilated. So what are they doing? Nurses with comparable skills have been working in operating theatres. They are now and have been receiving training in recent weeks in critical care. That's part of their preparations for the escalation in seriously ill patients that every hospital in the country is expecting. Hospital consultants, including surgeons, and obviously there's no surgeries going on at the moment, they're being redeployed to areas such as the emergency department as part of the hospital's overhaul to cope with the influx of COVID-19 patients. And also, and obviously let's not forget, they need to take care of patients who are hospitalised with non-COVID conditions because of course all of the other conditions haven't gone away. People having heart attacks, people having strokes, um, people having cancers, they're still out there in the community and they those people still need to be treated. The HSC, this is jaw dropping, received around seventy thousand applications from workers with health related skills during their recent Beyond Call for Ireland recruitment drive. Seventy thousand. Like we were gobsmacked when we came in on the Monday after that call went out and it was thirty thousand. I remember thinking this is just incredible. I never thought it would have gone to seventy thousand. Job interviews are underway among many retired nurses and doctors. They've all volunteered to return to work and to take some of the pressure off their colleagues. And then the Irish nurses and midwives organization uh, they're calling on the government to provide childcare for frontline healthcare workers. They're making the point that schools and creches have closed. It's leaving many healthcare workers unable to attend work due to childcare responsibilities. They seemingly, the, the nurses' organisation, have raised the issue repeatedly with the government for several weeks. They're still awaiting a response and they've stressed to the HSE and the government that it must be dealt with immediately because I know in other countries they've opened schools. In the United Kingdom, for example, so it'll be up in Northern Ireland as well. They have left the schools open for the pupils of doctors and nurses, any of the frontline staff, the ambulance crews and the teachers are in there. They're not teaching. It's more, it's, it's more like supervised study 
that they're doing with the children but all of the schools have remained open uh, for that reason and creches have opened as well for, for nurses and doctors. We need to do something here in this country uh, because we're ending up with a situation that nurses with very valuable skills can't go to work or have to work reduced hours because they're at home with their children. A little bit of good news for people because we had a lot of calls in about this one. The fuel allowance payment has been extended for another four weeks. And this is to protect older and vulnerable people. And of course, it's the group of people in the main who receive fuel allowance are the ones that we were asking to cocoon and to stay indoors. And I know the Minister for Older People, Jim Daly, had been working on this because we'd been certainly in contact with him since it first got mentioned on our programme a couple of weeks ago. And he said he was getting on to Regina Doherty to see what could be done about extending the fuel allowance. So the announcement was made uh, yes, yesterday to extend the payment. It was due to end next week week the 10th of April was to be the cut off date and now the allowance will be available until the second week of May so there'll be an extra four payments in normal circumstances it's 24.50 a week and it's claimed for 28 weeks it normally runs from September through to April so for this year it'll run for 32 weeks the fuel allowance is available to any anyone in receipt of long term Welfare payments, uh, those on state pensions, some job seekers get it, uh, People, some people on disability can avail of it as well. So that certainly is some welcome news. And just also picking up on something that we did yesterday when we spoke with on Post, who are doing this wonderful, wonderful service that they're offering to people living alone uh, around the country. It's just incredible what they are doing. And they've now launched a, a newspaper delivery service from this week for those who can't get to the shops but they're also collecting mail from elderly people because we had a couple of texts in from people who said that they got the free postcards that have been sent out by Unpossible because they're self-isolating how would they be able to post the postcards could they give them to the postman and now they can Unpossible saying all you need to do is put a sign in the window to say I have mail and the post person will call to you en route and collect it. And it's it's free. It's just a wonderful, wonderful service that they're offering. If you've got a parcel, maybe you've got something that you want to send on to a family member, onto the grandchildren, or maybe you've, you want to write a letter, whatever it is, it's not just the postcards. They'll take any of your posts and they will deliver it anywhere in the country for you for free. But you need to put a sign up in your window if you are cocooning just to tell the postman and they'll ring the doorbell you don't have to come in close contact they're all highly trained in the two metre rule they'll stay well away from you but they will pick up your post from you and of course they're touching in with vulnerable people just to make sure that they are all uh, okay and uh, and I know Active Retirement Ireland are asking people in particular the supermarkets to prioritise delivery to older people because they're hearing from older people who are trying to get items delivered and we had somebody contact us last week to say that they'd ran their local supermarket to be told mid-April was the first delivery date and this poor person was out of food for the weekend so we had to we sorted it out another way and we got the food delivered to her. So we're saying to people please only get home delivery if you've no other way of getting out of your house leave the slots available particularly for the people who are uh, cocooning at the moment and then I had a text in from a listener this morning saying hi Patricia just asking person over the age of 70 and we know we're all told to cocoon and stay indoors what if you're living where neighbours are useless absolutely no offers of help at all but I've got no choice but to drive as I'm the only one in my house who can drive how I need to go out to pay bills. I don't have a card. 
I only deal in cash. I need to, I know they were saying yesterday it's okay you can leave your pension there for for 90 days you don't have to collect it but I need the money that's how I operate I pay all my bills but I've no one to help me uh, there's no help no community help for me what do I do well I'll tell you exactly what you do you see and, and, and I accept we've got people live in housing estates and in areas where they have the most amazing neighbours but not everybody lives in that ideal world and not everybody gets on with their neighbours and not everybody not everyone has somebody that they can rely on for help. So that's why yesterday we spoke with Tim Lucy of Cork County Council. What Cork County Council have done is incredible. They've got all of the groups involved together. They've drawn on every single support that's out there and they've drawn them all together under one umbrella. So what I suggest to that listener, there's a free phone number that you can call. It's 1800 805 819. 1800 805 819. Tell them where you're living. Tell them your needs. Tell them what's going on and they will have somebody call to you, sort out what you need, get your shopping, pay your bills, whatever it is. You can designate somebody to go and collect your pension if you want to collect your pension, even though the pension isn't weekly now, it's every two weeks they pay out uh, the pension. But just because somebody living close by isn't willing to help you, believe me, there's lots of people around you who will be able to help. So call that number 1-800-805-819 and certainly they will look after you. And I can see a number of people saying, Patricia, when are you doing the piece about travel and the advice on holidays, uh, etc. We're doing that next, going to take a break and we're back with Deirdre Clune, the MEP on our legal rights if your flight has been cancelled or rescheduled due to the pandemic. Connect with C103 on Twitter. Find all the latest news and sport and stay in touch with what's happening across Cork. Search for our Twitter handle at C103 Cork. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now with holidays and trips away, the furthest thing from people's minds at the moment, it is important to know your rights with regard to cancelled flights or the need to reschedule your journeys. MEP for the South, Deirdre Clume, joins me with details of our consumer rights in what are very, very challenging times. Good morning to you, Deirdre. Hello. Good morning, Patricia. Um, and how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm well. How are you doing and how are you coping with all the self-isolating and all of that? Well, like everybody, you know, just doing what we have to do, uh, keeping keeping at home, washing hands and keeping, just going out for shopping and, and, and a walk, like everybody. And I think if we, if we can do that, that's what we're asked to do. If we can do that, then we'll be playing our part. Um, are you? How are you managing? I mean, obviously, there's no flights. You're not going to Brussels no. or, or, or Strasbourg. Are you doing stuff online? And how's all that working out? Yeah, um, we were due to have a plenary session in Brussels um, the week prior to Patrick's Day, actually that week in March, and that was cancelled. Um, so, uh, and we did have a session, a voting session last week to vote emergency measures, which is the first time. So, I wonder, like everybody else. From a, a work point of view, will they will technology uh, reduce the amount of travel that we have to do? 
outdoors will and purely play its part. But we voted well, last week in the Parliament on emergency measures number one on, uh, for, for, for airplanes. To, uh, to, they, they're required at the moment to use 80% of their slots, slots in and out of airports. Um, that's really to ensure, well, it's kind of a use it or lose it that's in place to, to ensure that they don't block slots at airports. That had to be suspended. Okay, we're having a problem with your phone line. If you just move um, slightly, um, Deirdre, it's just, it's just breaking up a little bit. Okay. So you got the emergency, you got that legislation all passed anyway. So yeah, by remote, you know, you got the paper, signed it, uh, sent it back by photograph or by scan or whatever you had directly to the Parliament through your dedicated um, email address. Okay, I don't know if John Paul is listening. If John Paul can hear this, is it? Okay, let me pass it back out to uh, John Paul because we're just having a a really bad um, problem with uh, Deirdre's phone line. And ironic, really, when she was chatting about technology and how the need for technology it just shows when a mobile decides to go down a mobile decides uh, to go down and actually I know somebody somebody else was contacting us it's a landline oh god almighty okay sorry for that because somebody else was on actually about um, Gat on Twitter was saying how how can you confirm and how can you confirm your verification for mygov.ie if you've no mobile signal and can't get through on the phone? This sort of problem really highlights the need for good mobile signals around the country as there are many services now that are requiring uh, mobile codes. Uh, and Deirdre's back with us. Deirdre, you, you're on a landline. I was on a landline. Oh, OK, yeah. now that's much clearer. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm on a mobile. Oh, how funny is that? Anyway, that's, yeah. that is much clearer. OK, Good. now many flights have simply been cancelled through obviously no fault uh, of the airline. What are our consumer rights when our flights get cancelled? Well, yeah, you're entitled to a refund. Well, first of all, the airline has to communicate with you. Okay. Um, it's not up to you to find out what are your rights and what are your entitlements. They must communicate clearly with you. You're entitled to a, re- a refund a rerouting at the earliest opportunity or else at a later date at your convenience. Now, um, refund is obviously possible. Rerouting at the moment isn't possible. I mean, if you're, you know, you, you've no other way of getting there, everything is down. And uh, and you can do it at a later stage. You can have a rerouting at a later stage, your convenience. Um, that's an option for people as well. So they're the, um, they're, they're where you're, they're the choices. You're entitled to your choices. And is the choice... Come into this because it's, uh, it's out of the control of the airline, so there won't be compensation, but there will be um, rerouting, refund, and meals and vouchers for accommodation if, if, that's, if that was necessitated. Okay, is it your choice to go for a refund or rerouting? The reason I ask is, can the airline yeah. force you to, to reroute, to, to say, oh, pick a date later on in the year? No, it's your choice. It's your, it's your choice. choice. And that is clear. That, that that has been made clear by the Commission as well last week. It is your choice for the refund. Now, some airlines are saying, look, we'll offer you a voucher to travel at a later date, at a premium, maybe 10% increase on what you've paid already. And they're doing that to keep the cash themselves, well, to, keep, to, to protect themselves and have a, uh, not have a, a run on their cash reserves. But um, you are entitled to the refund if you want it. And you can uh, push for that and say no. Thank you. I don't want your offer of flight at a later date. I want my refund now. So they can't force you to take the voucher either, is what, is what no, you're saying? No, they can't force you. You're, in, 
you're entitled to a refund. Okay. Now but it's your choice. Your choice. And I mean, some people, I think, are leaving it, leaving the money there and say, well, you know, I did want to fly to London or south of Spain and I will hopefully, please God, do it at a later stage. But your choice. Okay. What if your flight is still going but you don't want to travel? Um, well, that's, no, you know, if the flight is still going, you have to take it unless the government says, you know, don't fly to that situation, don't fly to that country. That is, so, but that if the flight is still going, obviously, um, you can't. You get if it depends on the type of ticket you've bought. Whether you bought a flexible or economy ticket, you'll have no rights. If you bought flexible, you may have some chance to change it. But if it's your choice and the flight is still going, if, if you're, you've paid for the flight, the flight is still going, you have to take it. Uh, and you even though I, I, th- I think that scenario is possibly gone at this stage. Do, it's probably gone. It's gone because there's normal time. Um, it, it's 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 you 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 take you take the hit really, unless you have a ticket that is flexible or you know that has some inbuilt um, uh, refund in in the ticket. People don't usually go for that. I think now the flights are much cheaper and much more available. People tend to go for the basic package and um, t- you know to, um, would expect to go, and if not, they just accept that. The flights, if they if they were rel- if they've booked it a long time in advance, they're usually relatively cheap, and people just um, leave them. But, but, but that becomes really relevant. Those expensive flights. Mm. A number of people are asking about packaged holidays. If yeah. you have got a packaged holiday, can you get a refund if you cancel the packaged holiday? Well, I've looked at the Commission for Aviation Regulation, and I'd advise people to look at that website. To have a very good website, flightrights.ie. Flight rights. Yeah, flight rights. Okay. Okay. It's a it's a commission for aviation are responsible in this country for consumer rights in the in the aviation area, and um, really uh, it depends on how you've booked the package. If the flights might be separate, I mean the compensation is there really only for flights. The EU passenger rights cover flights only. Um, the package depends on your on the booking conditions really. Um, now if if it's um, obviously if it's this month, and I'm not even sure about next month. If, if it's this month and you, you, you it's, it has to be cancelled. You have to be refunded because it's out of your out of your control. But um, I, it depends on the guidance from the Department of Foreign Affairs at the time and whether you should travel to the country or not. Okay. So I'd advise people to. Every situation is different. Depends on the package and how it's bundled. I'd advise them to consult. Uh, their travel agent, or consult and flightrights.ie to read that, and they'll have some. They'll be armed with some information themselves, as well as regards their individual situation. Can I say it's at times like this that you see the importance of travel agents? Because I know yes. people mm-hmm. kind of ended up because it became so easy to book yourself online and do it in the comfort of your own home and there was a period of people moved away from travel agents but it's when something like this happens travel agents they're just incredible people and they go above and beyond the call of duty to get people back who got stranded in in other countries and to sort out exact problems like we're talking about today Caroline is in in Mallow she has a deposit paid on a holiday to Italy going out on the 4th of June Uh, I must have the balance paid by the 9th of April they're advising me to pay the balance by next week and if I don't I lose my deposit of €220. By the way I don't want to travel due to COVID-19 and obviously the 4th of June it's it's not that far away. Can she lose the deposit? Does she pay up in full and then claim it all back? You see yeah I don't know the 
particular booking conditions of that because the, all I know is just flight rights and that's all that we have in Europe to protect passenger rights. But then but it depends on the booking conditions. And I mean, I would think she needs, I mean, it depends if, if the travel restrictions are still in place at that time or not. That is that is a real tricky one in that, isn't it? Because it is, it is possible that Italy would be open on the 4th of June, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, isn't it? yeah it is. I mean, I can't, we have no means of saying that at this stage. Yeah, I can see there's a number of people in similar scenarios. Lots yeah. of questions coming in. I have a holiday booked in July. Somebody else is, is saying I want to to cancel. Um, I know. If we had a crystal ball and we knew where we were going to be, that would be. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it, if they're packaged holidays, you need to go back to who you booked with. Do and speak to them. And sometimes the flights are different. They're different. They're not part of the bundle. And and. Yeah, and then f- and you're saying flightrights.ie uh, flightrights.ie I'm saying is, is is clear consumer rights it's established by the Commission for Aviation Regulation and, and it will give you all um, it will give you information as regards your rights Okay, and people who are getting refunds uh, Deirdre there's some calls in saying I'm, I'm waiting so many weeks they need to be patient don't they on refunds? I think so because um it's clear that they're entitled to the refund. Um, obviously, the airlines are, are swamped. They don't have the personnel to deal with this. It's un- completely unprecedented. Uh, normally, they should give you the refund within seven days. Um, I'd ask people to be to be patient because you know they just don't. The airlines don't have the capacity to deal with this immediately. Yeah, and they're absolutely swamped. If you follow any of their Twitter feeds, you can. They're actually asking people, you know, only contact us if you're close to the date of flying, uh, because people are they they they're swamped uh, as well. Uh, yeah, and I mean they're not bringing in additional personnel because they can't train them up to this. So, so they're just dealing with the capacity, the personnel that they have. They're using those. Uh, they're maximising it, but they, they can't go beyond that really. So. I suppose be patient, but you are entitled to a refund. Okay, Aer Lingus keeps saying, says this texter, that they are still flying to New York. We're due to go on the 9th of April. Uh, what can we do now? I know Aer Lingus are offering, you could reschedule, are they offering yeah, the voucher? The voucher. But you're, people are but caught with the Aer Lingus one because you you can't go into America. You can't go into America. And 9th of, 9th of April, anyway, we're in lockdown, lockdown not, not, until beyond that date so they can't fly because the travel department of foreign affairs is saying don't fly but aren't they aren't those flights going to repatriate Americans some some to, a, to some yeah but they're going to, or to repatriate Irish citizens yeah, yeah there may be a lot of that has, has stopped well it will be and we should be we should be well gone yeah. by the but we, we do need flights too there will be some flights going for cargo as well because 30% of our cargo comes in the belly of passenger aircraft as well so that's that's going to be important. Yeah, yeah. But you you can't. We've been asked not to fly. We've been asked to to stay stay at home, and so you really you and that's I don't think anybody could fly on the ninth of April. Yeah, yeah, and, and it could it could well get. But I mean, if if the flight doesn't get cancelled, then you are certainly Aer Lingus will give you the offer of a voucher or to reschedule for later on in the year. But I'm assuming a lot of people just want their money back. Okay, all right. They listen, do want their money back, and that's a choice for them, and they're entitled. To okay. ask for that money back. All right, we'll leave it there, uh, Deirdre. Thank you for that. Stay okay. safe and we'll talk again. Take Thank care. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Deirdre Clune, who is MEP for Ireland South. <laughs> 
Simon's Celebrity Seas. Guess the celebs to grab the cash on C103. Uh, 2,000 euro, Tommy, come on. Megan Knuckle, Daniel Day Lewis, and I'll say Michael J. Fox. Expecting this today, I have to say, I thought it was going to go on for a long time. Oh, wow, you're two grand richer. Well done. Thanks very much. Simon's Celebrity Seas play weekday mornings on Cork's More Music Breakfast. On C103. Sisu, the Cork City based aesthetic clinic, has teamed up with Go Car to offer our frontline heroes access to free cars to simply say a big thank you for all the work that they're currently doing. Pat Feedham of Sisu Clinic uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Pat. Morning. Um, you're, you're welcome. Now, this is another one of these great stories to show our frontline uh, workers just how much they are appreciated. Outline the offer and how it will work. Sure. And, and just to clarify, it's not Sisu, it's uh, me personally. Oh, um, my apologies. <laughs> my apologies. Um, so I, I, I run Sisu. We have uh, clinics all over the country, but... I suppose where the idea came from was my two partners are doctors and they both come back to the front line. So all wow. our doctors are back in surgeries or, you know, in Vincent's, the Matter, um, the Mercy, all over the country. So they're all gone back. God, that's a huge, huge decision so, for them as well, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and it was all voluntary. And that's the kind of stuff that blows your mind. You know, when guys are going, no, we're being called for here. We have to go. Yeah, and we're hearing about, you know, and I only mentioned it earlier about answering Ireland's call. And a lot of the focus is on the young doctors and, right, you know, rightly so as well, coming back from America and coming back from Australia and coming back from the United Kingdom. But you forget about the kind of guys that you work with. Yeah, and, and these are guys who all went back. So my thoughts are always with, you know, keep, keep the people who are at the front line at work, nurses, doctors, and people forget as well, chefs cleaners, you know, yeah. people, canteens, you know, people that actually keep the engine going. So the morning before last, I just saw uh, a tweet from a young girl, a young young nurse, Ruth McHugh, someone shared it in my timeline. It was timing a change and it didn't suit her for work and it was going to cost her 100 euros a week to get to work for the, you know, until, until we're out of this dark period uh, and she couldn't afford it. So my kind of tech brain started wearing and I uh, sent out a Twitter message to GoCar. You know, they have cars all over the country kind of parked outside the road. You rent them by the hour. And they're in Copley Street, Cork, and I think they have 100 locations nationwide. So I reached out to them. They came back to me and we had it all sorted in three emails. Uh, I got 100 cars. Uh, Now, they're paying for the cars and my family and me are paying for the insurance. So it's 100 doctors, nurses, whoever. You can sign up at info at gocar.ie. You'll be asked for your uh, health ID badge and your driving licence, obviously. There's no charge, zero. Um, And then I got a phone call yesterday after, yesterday late morning from a a kind of a famous Cork entrepreneur who said he'd sponsor another 100. And then I had another phone call yesterday evening from big Dublin tech entrepreneur and said he'd sponsor another 100. So we have 300 cars nationwide for people in the medical line, uh, in the medical operations who need to get to work and who aren't dependent. You know, if you're doing a 12-hour shift, bus home or whatever. Isn't that incredible? So 
we're delighted. We're thrilled. So now to figure out what's next. And I think the next one I might concentrate on is accommodation because I know people are being in, in, in the hospitals are being told to self-isolate from their parents or from their 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 partners or whoever they live with. And uh, I'm sure there's plenty of student accommodation in the country empty. And let them self-isolate. That's not a bad idea. And actually only this morning, because uh, this got announced yesterday, I was talking about it. It got announced, uh, Dr. Tony Houlihan mentioned it yesterday. They've, because there are these clusters breaking out in nursing homes and in hospitals and obviously and because we know sadly that a quarter of all of the confirmed cases are nurses and doctors we need to keep our nurses and doctors safe and they've discovered now that there's a lot of nurses live with other nurses and doctors live with other doctors these would be the younger staff and they could all be working in different hospitals or different nursing homes so they've they've decided that the safest way to keep them all safe is if they don't live together for the duration of the pandemic. So they're going to need to get accommodation for those staff. Yeah, and I know they've just leased, I think I think it was announced now for last City West, which is 700 bedrooms. In Dublin, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just thinking well, that's the been used accommodation. That, yeah, like, that's, so. City West has been used for patients. Yeah, oh, right, okay. That's for patients, yeah, that's going to be for, for patients to, and people that have to self-isolate that have nowhere else, else to go. It, w- it wouldn't be for, for staff. Um but yeah, but it, absolutely, I, I, I think you're on to one and there's a lot of student accommodation that's empty. Absolutely, so I might try that next. No, okay, tomorrow. well done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, keep these people at work, they're amazing. Even so. though all your clinics are closed, uh, Pat, the brain is still ticking over. I'd say that'll never stop, please God. Okay. <laughs> and, and have you, a lot of your customers will be clamouring your door down to get frantically back in for treatment because of right. the nature of what you do? I think I think that, and I think you know, I think the beauty business in general, nails, hair, all that. That's going to, you know, that's going to probably. <laughs> I've seen very funny photographs, you know. <laughs> and I, I laugh at some of the wives trying to cut the husband's hairs, hair, and some of the disasters that are going on. Yeah, there's a. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking a bit uh, gollywog like oh. myself. <laughs> you'll be fine you'll be fine keep I'll smiling fine. listen you're doing great work and well done well done to you and to the other entrepreneurs that have come on board it's, it's a wonderful wonderful initiative and thank you for joining us on the programme today thanks very much bye 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 that is Cork Entrepreneur uh, Pat Phelan uh, of uh, CSU the Aesthetic uh, Clinic uh, doing his bit for the frontline workers and don't forget on Good Friday that's Friday week we're here at C103 we're hoping to do something really good to support Cork's frontline legends um, stay tuned and we'll give you more details You're listening to Cork Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed now, some of your calls and comments coming in. Uh, firstly, a, a group of them with regard to the COVID-19 unemployment payment that arrived, finally arrived in people's bank accounts yesterday. A much uh, relief to so many people, €350. Euro. Now, firstly, there was people yesterday expecting that they were going to get back paid in that they'd been out of work. It was their second week out of work. For others, uh, somebody said it was they were nearly into three weeks and they were expecting that it would be back paid and where they were going to back pay. Uh, what they have res- decided to do is you will be paid it for the for the 12 weeks. That's if you're out for the, the 12 weeks. So it's, it will run 12 weeks from now that's how they've decided to do it because normally with unemployment benefit if there's any delays normally people do get back pay back 
payment. But I suppose because of the amount of applications that came in all in the same time frame, they decided the easiest way is they'll pay €350 a week for the next uh, 12 weeks. Alan says, Patricia, could you clear something up for me, please? The money that's been paid for by the state, is it taxable? I'm of the opinion that all this money is liable to tax, to PRSI, to universal social charge and will have to be paid back to revenue when people return to work. Um, that's from Alan. No, absolutely, absolutely not. It's it's an unemployment payment. They're calling it the COVID-19 emergency payment, but no, it won't have to be paid back It's because it's paid out to people who are out of work or who've been while I keep saying, temporarily let uh, go. Someone else says, Trish, thank you for being so informative. I, we do our best. Just a comment. I've heard of several people who work part-time, some even working earning, working and earning less than €100 Euro a week and thereafter getting the €350 Euro per week payment. Would it not have been more prudent for the government to grade payments according to earnings rather than just throw away this money which will be badly needed elsewhere? Thanking you. I actually thought it was going to be the same. I thought it was going to be you know, depend, depending on how much you worked or if you worked part-time that you'd get half of the sum. But no, they've decided to be extremely generous with this payment. And I know the theory behind it is to keep the economy going as well. And it's uh, to, that when we come out of it, that by doing this, by paying the people who've lost their job, remember a fifth of the population have, has been temporarily laid off, that the idea is that when we come back out of this, the it will lessen the extent of the recession by paying people now. That's the... The Economist's theory behind paying the €350. But yes, it's paid to everybody because yesterday we were hearing from students. Some parents were gobsmacked because their students had lost their part-time job. Maybe they had a Saturday job or, you know, weekend job, whatever it was. We're not expecting to get €350 into their bank accounts. But when they checked their bank accounts yesterday, they did. Everyone who applied, who was entitled to it, who lost their job because of COVID-19 is entitled to that €350. And then a listener says, Patricia, do you know of anybody who didn't receive the payment from social welfare yesterday? This is the third week my son has not been working and is still not paid. Well, I heard Regina Doherty yesterday speak about the numbers and it was just staggering the numbers of people who applied. It was up to close of business last Friday. 289,000 people had made an application that was being processed into people's bank accounts yesterday morning. Now, there was 15,000 applications for the COVID-19 unemployment payment that's been rejected for a number of different reasons. Now, some of it was the eligibility criteria. Would you believe some people who were still at work applied for it, which is just... Did they just make a mistake? Then there was duplications. People actually put in, they put in an application online and then they put in a physical application as well. So they had, they had to go through uh, all of that. And then others, I heard there was problems. For example, uh, people didn't put down their PPS numbers or they couldn't read them when, you know, there was just couldn't work out what the numbers were. Are the IBAN numbers, were the incorrect IBAN numbers or the IBAN numbers for whatever reason didn't work. Also, you had to be aged between the age of 18 and 66. There, I know there were people over the age of 66 who applied uh, because they were working even though they claim the state pension but they might have a part-time job. We had somebody yesterday, for example, in his early 70s who's a driving instructor and he had applied or was... Or I think he was about to apply when he realised he couldn't apply and he took umbrage to that. But it's only for people aged between 18 and six, uh, 66. So it is possible that something has gone wrong wrong with your son's application. I'm not saying that his application has been re- rejected and he's not entitled to it. If he's entitled to it, he will get the payment. But it could be... Uh, 
for one of the reasons that they, the PPS number is incorrect or they weren't able to read his IBAN number. I would suggest if nothing, get him to check his bank account today and if there is nothing in his bank account today I would suggest that he contacts the department just to see what has gone wrong with his application. But the Regina Doherty, the minister, did say that 15,000 had been rejected or they couldn't process for whatever reasons. And she did reassure people yesterday that you will receive your 12 weeks payment, uh, even if for those who didn't receive two, work, two weeks worth of payments yesterday. So I take from that some people, they may have given uh, a double week too, but certainly for the, for the majority of people, it was 350 euros. So I would check back in. Check the bank account today if it's not in today. Uh, give them a call just to see what has gone wrong with the application. And hi Trish, will the respite grant be paid out uh, this year? Thanks, I mean that gets paid out in the first week in June. No reason to say that it won't won't be uh, paid out. That's going to be a very valuable uh, grant this year. Not that you can get respite, but. Th- the money has always been paid out and you, to do with as, as you wanted to do with but, but I think more than ever people are going to need that money but no there's nothing to indicate that that money is not going to be uh, paid out. Hi Patricia I was listening to you earlier this morning saying that the COVID-19 test results are taking up to 10 days however I was tested on the 18th of March the day after St Patrick's Day and I've self-isolated for the two weeks I still haven't received any results I've contacted my doctor they said they can't follow up on the test results I'm now out of isolation but I don't have any uh, results. Uh, Okay you've well gone past the 10 day mark uh, for sure I would say contact them because I know we had somebody on Monday who was in a similar situation and when they contacted them they they didn't have this number that the person should have been given when they got the actual test some kind of a code and they didn't have it and therefore for that reason they couldn't check the test results but our listener was told that if the two weeks was passed and all the symptoms were gone that they were okay but they would never actually find out for sure if they had it or not. So I would suggest your doctor know that your doctor won't have the results. You're going to need to get back onto the testing facility where you were tested. Get onto the HSC, the hsc.ie, lots of information there and they'll have a number for certainly for you to contact. I don't just have the number to hand but you will be able to get find a number and just have the code that they gave you when you had your test results and they'll hopefully be able to find it for you but hopefully you're feeling much better and all of your symptoms are uh, gone. Hi Patricia and John Paul greetings from Clonakilty as part of the overall effort some of us self-isolators might be feeling a little useless at the moment in music parlance we're like the pauses in a piece of music to the vibrant efforts of the medical world and this allows the whole thing to work much better. Isn't that a lovely lovely way of putting it? It's kind of like we're all part of what is that song? All of God's creatures got a place in the choir. We all have a part in the choir. We all have a part to play. And we certainly have a part to play in get, getting to the end and getting rid of this pandemic. And some of us will play the part of just staying indoors. As as I mentioned last week, and it was, I think I saw, I read about it somewhere online and it just really struck me. Previous generations of people, particularly young people, when you think of the First World War, you know, young 18-year-old boys were asked to take up arms and they went to the trenches and they went to the front line in the Second World War. You know, people went to war. And this is our generation's war. And all we're being asked to do is sit on the couch and watch the TV, you know, self-isolate. That's, that's what we've been asked to do. But that listener from Clonic Kilty is right. We're all part of it. Everyone has a role to play. Some will play 
much more important roles, the frontline staff, but we can help the frontline staff by stopping the spread of the coronavirus, washing our hands, proper cough and sneezing etiquette, staying two metres away from people and where at all possible, stay indoors. Hi Patricia, just wondering the fuel allowance money, if you've been paid that in two instalments what happens, will we get the extra money, will we get it in a four week chunk or what way will they do it? Uh, no, they, it'll be added on every week for the next, four, not the next four weeks, after the 10th of April should have been the last payment of 24.50 the next four weeks after that you'll get 24.50 extra, they, you won't get it in a, in a lump in a lump sum and there's a number of people opted to do that they took two payments, it was to allow people if they wanted to bulk buy in coal or if they wanted to buy oil or gas or, or whatever so no but you won't miss out you will you will still get your uh, payments Hi Patricia I'm just wondering uh, why the few hardware stores that are opened are not selling paint and the likes as it would give people something to do around the house and a garden if you check up online some of the hardware stores are doing deliveries I know they were doing deliveries last week I know we've got the stricter routines uh, that are in this the stricter guidelines that are in place this week and I'm sure when I was reading down through what was introduced on Friday night they can do delivery services so if you check locally with your hardware store they may be able to do delivery service to you because lots of people have time on their hands and are interested in getting stuck in to DIY and doing doing some jobs and I know I can see some questions already coming in for Peter Dowd we'll keep those questions coming in please Garden centres uh, also had to close. But then John Paul says some garden centres are offering kind of a click, click and collect. I don't know if garden centres can do a delivery service, but you know, you would pay and then you'd come to the gate and they'd hand, hand it out to you. So maybe check locally. I don't know which of the garden centres are, are doing that. Because I watched a piece on the BBC that was just heartbreaking from nurseries saying, you know, this is their busiest time. This is the time that they're flooding gardens, gardening centres and supermarkets with bedding plants, etc. And obviously the United Kingdom are the same as us. They're in lockdown as well. And they're saying some of them may never recover uh, from it. So any garden centres that can get supplies out to people, because it is the time, for, we are into springtime, it is the, the, the time for, for planting. I'll ask Peter a little bit more about it uh, later on, but if if, and if you have a question, I can see some questions uh, coming in. Uh, please keep those uh, questions coming in uh, to us, please. Hi, Patricia. Could you wish our ma'am, Eileen Atkinson, a very happy birthday to do today? A big 82 and staying safe at home in Inishannon. Well done, Eileen. You see, Eileen's doing her bit for the cause. All of the family and friends will celebrate once this is all over. Thanking you. That's from uh, Charles. Happy birthday, Eileen Atkinson. If anybody knows Eileen and you've got her phone number, Give her a call, give her, give her a text. She's uh, cocooning down in lovely Inner Shannon. And hi to everybody in, and uh, Alice Taylor, no doubt, cocooning inside of Inner Shannon. We, we send greetings to, uh, to um, Alice as well. 1850 Let me take a quick look through some of your WhatsApps that are coming in to us. Jimmy and Balancholic says, Patricia, one wonders uh, why when we are being told to cocoon and not go out and to limit all of our movements. Last night I was watching Primetime and Miriam was interviewing Tyg Daly 
from Cork that's I'm assuming Ty Daly from the Nursing Homes Ireland and the RTE backdrop film showed Cork with crowds of people crossing the street in bunches not the right message to be sending to the country when we're all told about social distancing I think RTE should be more careful in what they show it is giving out a wrong message and uh, that's from cheers from Jimmy and Ballycolic who says P.S. I know the backdrop is not live because I was when I was reading that text I said actually that's not live but he, he says there should be more more they should be looking at the film that they use on that scene and maybe change it into uh, something else 1850 333103 I've done that one um, Hi Patricia uh, in extension to the amazing work of the postal service with postmen and women I wonder would they be able to dele- deliver say things like bread milk or small treats to the elderly on their rounds supermarkets could they assist the public by putting out a box where shoppers could deposit and donate goods that they purchase and then they could be delivered to elderly uh, people wouldn't it be uh, especially the ones that are cocooning it would really lift their spirits and give everyone a sense of playing their part yeah well a nice idea whether that would have to be organised locally or not but certainly uh, everybody's everybody's trying to do their bit and everybody's trying to come up with suggestions and ways that we can all help out and, and do our bit 1850 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs Staff are wanted for the summer season for cooking, cleaning and prepping and serving that's in the Roscarbury area. PE Global Healthcare, they're looking for a pharmacist and medical information roles and occupational health nurse that's to work in Cork. Carpenters are wanted in the Cork area duties to include roofing and first lifting and production operator wanted for part-time position that's in Bandham. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Just to say, phone lines are extremely busy today so please bear with us because Sadie's not with us today so it's John Paul on his own so uh, please bear with us on that. If you've been having difficulty getting through you can still text or WhatsApp 086 103 103. Now Cork dairy farmer Peter Hines from Aherla has hit out at animal rights organisation PETA UK that's the people for the ethical treatment of animals after they shared a video of Peter's six year old daughter without his permission Peter Hines uh, joins me good morning to you Peter mm, no my apologies I'm on the wrong line there good morning to you Peter Good morning, Patricia. Peter, you, How are you I'm, I'm very well and, and you're welcome. Uh, firstly, Peter, can you explain what the video is and why you decided to share it uh, originally? Uh, so on Sunday morning, uh, Simon Harris, the Minister for Health, uh, put up a tweet asking people to share with him what they were doing at home to, I suppose, to, to help combat the isolation, what fun things they were doing, etc., uh, and I replied to, to Simon uh, with a video of our youngest daughter who was sitting in a pen with two calves reading stories to them. Um, and I suppose, look, from our perspective, uh, you know, Georgie really misses school at the moment. She really misses her friends. And we're very lucky that she has that connection with the calves that she can go in and chat to them and, and have a conversation and, and, and it passes away the day for 
for her um, and it keeps her I suppose it keeps her level headed at the moment and she's always had a huge connection with farm animals uh, and is a huge part of the family farm so it got big interaction on uh, on Simon's Twitter thread uh, there was a lot of phenomenal comments on it a lot of it was core tweeted a lot I think at the moment it's got over 60 76,000 views uh, but I was alerted early on Monday morning to uh by someone to see showing me that Peta UK had embedded the video and changed the messaging, um, which look from our, our perspective and we're well used to dealing with the media and, and we're, we let them use vid- our videos uh, and uh, etc. Uh, on a lot of occasions. Uh, and Peta had never asked me for my permission. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, look if they had quote tweeted it. Uh, that was their own doing or put a message under it. Uh, they were free to do so but the fact that they they embedded our video into into their messaging uh, and they have charitable status they have a, a, a verified Twitter account they have a huge following uh, and if you click on the link on, on their social media it automatically brings you to a page uh, where you can donate uh, to their charity no Granted, they have different views on farming to I have, uh, that I have, uh, and all my family has, and we're all free to make our own choices in this world and, and consume whatever we want, uh, and that's totally okay with me. Uh, but the fact that they didn't ask for permission, they're potentially profiteering uh, by using our daughter at the moment, uh, and we have sought legal advice, uh, and I know... Um, PETA have claimed in their public statement and also said to me on social media that they are not breaking any Twitter rules, but we're very, very clear on uh, what, the, what who owns the content in that video, um, what GDPR rules are, and also the fact that there's a minor involved. Um, they haven't sought parental consent um, and I've asked them to remove the video politely on a number of occasions. They seem to be refusing to do so. And uh, and did you also take umbrage to the message that they put up with George's video? Um, yeah, I mean, it, look, uh, they they have different views to to us. So I'd have to actually go back and read their their messaging again. But uh, look well, they say I have it. They say they say, and it's it's a little video of Georgia, and it is a really really cute video. And it says, "How adorable! Cows are social animals, just like us. They recognise their friends and they grieve when their family members die. Sadly, most cow- cows on dairy farmers are slaughtered when they're five or six. We hope that these babies will be spared the horrors of the abattoir." Well, and then they have the video of George and the two little calves. Uh, personally, I do not agree with that messaging because uh, while they're using somebody from our, our our farm, if you look at the statistics on our farm, at least 25% of our herd uh, is above eight lactations, which would make those cows in excess of 10 years of age. Um, so, And the, the calves in that video are actually uh, female Dairy dairy heifers, so they will go on to be produced uh, to produce milk in the future. So their messaging does not correlate in any way with the video. Okay, and and your and your big and main point was that when you asked them to take it down, they didn't have your permission. They haven't taken it down. It's still on their Twitter feed even now. It's it's still on uh, on there. I know there's a huge amount of people that have reported it to uh, to Twitter, but uh, we're taking 
if, if they insist on not taking it down, uh, we are taking the matter further because uh, we are very clear. And look, GDPR is, is a grey area if there's a number of people uh, in a video or or in a photograph. But when when there's solely one individual in a photo or a video, GDPR is very, very clear that the rights to that video or photograph is owned by the person that took it. And further to that, when there is a minor involved, they must seek parental consent. Have you and, spoken to anyone from Petty UK? Uh, I haven't. I have been given a copy of their statement. They did reply to me on social media saying that they weren't breaking any Twitter rules. Uh, and further to that, the statement that I was given uh, yesterday, which they released, was they were claiming that I shouldn't be, uh, that it was wrong for me to discuss exploitation when I already exploit uh, the bodies of dairy cows. Now, uh, just to take them up on that point, we're very, very proud Irish dairy farm, uh, and, we c- and, and I'd like to stress family dairy farm, uh, we contribute to food production, which feeds uh, 60 million people globally, and we're a fully audited dairy farm. And the other point that they were making is, and I quote, you say uh, you suspect the little girl would choose to save the calves she is sitting with instead of allowing them to be slaughtered, given the choice. Now, our daughter has always been free to eat whatever she wants in the house. She has always been made aware of how we produce farm food on our farm and the natural cycle of food production. And she, she's free to make her own choices off of the back of that. And she's always been educated to have a great passion in animals, uh, the same as we do. So to, for, for PETA to release a statement, now forming an opinion on our daughter is further insult to injury. Okay. Uh, let us let me bring in because we've invited PETA UK to join us and I'm told that Jennifer White who is PETA's senior media officer is on the other line and has been listening uh, to Peter. Uh, good morning to Jennifer. Morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, have you any plans to take down Peter's video? Well, first let me say that again that Peter is in full compliance with Twitter's terms of service. Um, and of course, we understand that as a dairy farmer, Mr. Hines may not be aligned with our vegan values. Um, but all we have done is share a video which was put on a public sharing site. And if you put a video on Twitter, you do it with the understanding that other people may comment on it and they may share it, uh, which is what Peter has done. And it really is a beautiful video. And we used it to promote a message of kindness to animals. Um, and if Mr. Hines doesn't want this video shared, um, then he can simply remove it from social media or he can make his page private. Peter? Um, I reiterate what I've said already. Uh, they've embedded the video um, and uh, they, have, they haven't they have shared it. They have embedded it in, in their Twitter page and GDPR uh, is very, very clear on that and actually goes above Twitter rules on that. Uh, and we are contacting, we have contacted the relevant authorities to make them aware of this. But I'd also just like to say, um, look, one of the proudest moments that our daughter had was the day that she went to school uh, and made butter in school uh, from milk that was produced on our farm and brought it home for us all to taste. And I think 
that's that's a wonderful aspect of life that when you see kids being educated of where their actual food comes from uh pets are entitled to their own own views on that but i don't see i don't see why they should be profiting uh potentially profiting off the back of, of using a video of our daughter and if you look at the financial figures in 2017 uh petty uk took in close to 4.7 million uh, pound sterling and so that that is the level of money they're taking in year on year uh, and it's an absolute insult to me and my family and my daughter uh, that they won't remove it and we have made our daughter aware because we have three girls in the house two older daughters which are on social media and they would see what is happening around the world uh, and uh, so Georgie was made aware that uh, Petty UK um, had used the video the video and I'd like to share this quote now uh, with them from uh, from Georgina. Uh, she says she said uh, yesterday evening they shouldn't be using our video, Mom. They don't like us because we are farmers and we make milk. Now that's a statement from a six-year-old girl to a charitable organisation, which means. We, both my daughter, myself, and my wife, and my uh, two elder daughters, expect that this video be removed by okay. Peter. Je- jo- Jennifer, what do you say to Georgina, who, who a little six-year-old girl who says you don't like her because they're farmers? Well, we shared this video because we thought it was really beautiful, and children do have a natural empathy towards animals. Um, and I think the problem here is that when a video is shared on a public global media site where anyone, and I mean literally anyone, can share that video as it stands, um, you know, and especially when our message was to encourage people to show kindness to animals, um, I think that the real problem here is that our tweet is only available because Mr. Hines has decided to leave this video up. And if the whole family is, um, you know, as upset as it sounds like they are, then I can't understand for the life of me why you wouldn't make um, your Twitter page private, which would mean that you would have full control over who would be able to share these tweets. It would mean that the, um, the video on UK's page would disappear, so we would no longer have that video. Um, or you could simply take the post down if you still want your page to be private. Um, but I think that um, this discussion, um, you know, could be really beneficial for Mr. Hines to realize the importance of sharing things on social media. And that if you put something on a public social media platform, then people are entitled to share it, which is what PTUK has done here. But even though, um, Jennifer, if you read down through all of the comments on your page, uh, the majority of them were saying to you, take it down. Would you Would you not feel for your own image that when people are not happy about you sharing it, that you would take it down? Well, it's the same as um, as Mr. Hines being a dairy farmer and not agreeing with our message. But um, simply because the farming community doesn't like Peter's message doesn't mean that we should have to take our message down. We are encouraging kindness to animals um, and we wanted to share with people um, what happens to cows and their calves who grow up um, on dairy farms and they do suffer. Um, and uh, you know this is this is the whole point of Peter's message here. Do you, do you? By the way, Jennifer, do you know anything about Peter and his family and, and the Heinz family? Do, have you have you come across them before? 
No, we no. saw the, the video in um, Irish media and we thought it was such a beautiful video that we decided to share it, um, which, as I've said, is in full compliance with Twitter's terms of service. OK, no, the, the, re- the reason that I mentioned it, uh, 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 Peter, for the life of me, what was the name of the, pro- the television programme that Paula, your wife, did? Uh, so Paula did the hardest harvest, and I just the hardest. Like to read- ha- yeah, can I just say this? And the hardest harvest was where Paulie's wife went to Africa and lived with a nomadic tribe. If you want to see anyone who has an understanding and a love of animals and farm animals, I would suggest Jennifer that you watch it. It was had some of the most heartbreaking scenes watching someone be so upset about cattle dying because of lack of water in Africa and doing everything that she could to keep a farming community and a little village going. I, I really, and you've, it's not that you've picked on the wrong family here, but this is, this is a family who really do put, you mightn't agree with what they do as dairy farmers, but they really do put their animals almost first and foremost you know they, the care and attention that they give to animals is above and beyond I think what a lot of farmers actually do. Well, we hope that by sharing the video, um, it will inspire people around Ireland and elsewhere to spare a thought for calves and cows in the dairy industry. And many people don't realise that male calves, because they're no use to the dairy industry, are often shot at birth or spend their short life in a cramped enclosure on a veal farm in Europe. Um, And it's important that we are an animal rights charity and this is the message that we want to get out. Um, You know, and we share um, and tweet hundreds of different videos. And I think if, um, you know, if all this controversy hadn't happened in this tweet, you know, it it would have become hidden by lots of other tweets and faded into the background in time. I think, you know, this has become, uh, you know, very dramatic and it's blown up. But that that wasn't from our doing. We we simply shared a video with a message about kindness to animals. Um, And as we said, this video could be made private or it could be taken down and I honestly don't understand why if you're as upset as um, you know if the family's upset as they say they are why would you not make this video private? Okay Peter uh, and I just want to take Jennifer up on that and we do an awful lot of work with mental health uh, in Ireland both uh, both in Ireland and the UK the reason I'm not uh, that I'm refusing to make my page private is because all my DMs are left open for any anyone that is struggling anywhere in the world to message me at any time. Uh, we've done a huge amount of char- charity work for mental health. Uh, and further to that, uh, I'd like to take Jennifer up. Any media source that has shared that, that video in the last number of days has asked our permission, and I can prove so with all the messages. We, ha- we had a video released uh, a, a couple of weeks ago on St. Patrick's Day, which got over well over in excess of 300,000 views and was shared by the global media. Every media source asked our permission. We've worked, worked extensively with the media and we, uh, we always have to give permission or sign consent forms. They have embedded the video and are refusing to take it down. And I do not see why I should remove a, a video that they are using without consent and breaking GDPR rules and parental consent just to remove it from their page. Okay, and I know I I looked on the National uh, Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to uh, Children and they clearly say that you should, if you're putting up, if you're sharing or putting up any photographs of uh, children, you should ask uh, the parents' uh, permission to use it for for any purpose. But Jennifer, you're adamant that you don't have to ask permission because you took it from Peter's page. 
there is there's one video on social media and that video is on Peter's page. We have shared the video, but it's very clear um, that the video is from Peter's page and it is that one video. So if he was to make that video private, then it would not be on Peter's um, page. And to say again, Peter is in full compliance with Twitter's terms of service. And with regards to GDPR, um, that's concerning data protection. And we don't control any data on his daughter. Um, you know, this is one video um, which Peter has uh, complete control over, which he can make private or he can remove. OK, OK. We're not, we're not getting anywhere, I think, on this one uh, today for sure. Peter, are you going down the legal route? Uh, we are pursuing the matter further and, and we will not uh, rest until such time uh, as uh, Peter delete the video from their page. Uh, and I'd just like to ask politely one more time, Jennifer, for us as a family uh, and for your to, to for dignity on your own parts, as you say, a compassionate, charitable uh, organisation. We as a family would like you to delete that post with immediate effect. Jennifer, final word to you. Well, you know, I, I can say that I am sorry that Peter and his family didn't have a better understanding of how Twitter as a global social media platform work. And I do think that if they had that understanding, then the situation would never have had to be as distressing as it clearly has become for them. OK, we're going to leave it there. Thank you both. Um, thank you for joining us on the programme. That is Peter Hines, uh, dairy farmer from Aherla, and Jennifer White is uh, Peter UK's senior media officer. 1850 Lines open. I want to thank the people of Ireland for listening to the advice when it comes to physical distancing, regular hand washing, taking care when sneezing and coughing, and reducing the number of social events and gatherings that you attend. However, we believe we need to do more. So I'm asking you to stay at home, if at all possible. This is the best way to slow the virus, ensure our hospitals are not overwhelmed, and buy us time. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Follow C103 on Facebook. Join us today and stay up to date with everything happening across Cork. Simply search Facebook for C103. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 And just some reaction in to Peter UK sharing a Peter um, Hines' picture video of his little daughter Georgina. Jerry says you have to be very careful when uploading any videos of minors on any of the social media platforms. You're basically putting it out there for anyone to do anything with the video. So Peter needs to take some responsibility says Jerry. And Another listener says, tell Peter uh, to get over it. He put the video up, end of story. Take it down if he's upset by it. And another listener says, uh, Patricia, Peter Hines, the farmer, sounds like a lovely man. I'm not a meat eater, but I think Peter UK are out of order on this one and they should remove uh, the uh, video, uh, plain and simple. OK, we'll get back to your comments, which are still continuing to flood in. But I want to move to a different issue because many businesses, as we know, are suffering 
during the COVID-19 pa- pandemic. So it's always great to hear when one company manages to do well. And I love this story because it's Mary Gosling of Gosling Games in Castlefreak near uh, Clonakilty. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning. Uh, and Mary, it's proving really that families are going back to basics. Too many families are complaining about children being stuck on screens and on phones. And there's nothing like sitting down with a family and having doing a board game or a, or a jigsaw. I, I believe you're, 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 you're as busy as you would be at Christmas. Oh, inundated, yeah. Really busy, really, really busy. It's nice the kids have, you know, the grandparents are ordering jigsaws for them so that keeps them occupied and keeps them happy. And And you're the only jigsaw company in Ireland, isn't that? that, When did you get into jigsaws? Because you started out on the board games with Discover Ireland. When did you go into jigsaws? Oh, we're at the board games still. Our board games are still very strong. Even though the board games are sold out right now. And... uh, we start from about six years ago. And what do they depict? Oh, they're of all Irish themes. Um, you know, we have we have little children's one of the map of Ireland and Cook Cullen, and then you have we have there a hundred pieces for the children, and then some children, the older children, will do the five hundred pieces, and we have quite a few of them. We have Skellig Michael. We have. We have Killarney, we have Bunretti, wow. and Jones Causeway, and Head. They're all Irish themed. And, and they're, they're and 500 they're, pieces. And they're high, th- those ones are 500. We have 1,000 pieces. Oh! Also. oh. <laughs> and you'll be surprised. Demand for all, that's for sure. Do you know, I'm not surprised because the number of people I've seen on Twitter who say that they've started to do jigsaws are where can I get a jigsaw from I'd love to sit and do a jigsaw I mean a 1000 piece jigsaw how, yes. how long to, would that does that take depends on the person really but it could take it could take about 4 hours 6 hours but then you know it depends on the ability of the person and some people are really into them and they do them quite fast yeah. and more people they like to put it out have it on the table and all the family put in yeah put in a piece and they come back to it and that sort of thing. But uh, we're getting fabulous reaction back from people saying it has, you know, that the kids keep you occupied. And, Great. You know, it's, it's a diversion at the moment and, uh, and that's what people need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you can while away a few hours, a few hours can go in the blink of an eye that's when right. you, when you're sitting trying to do a, a jigsaw puzzle and do you still I haven't done a jigsaw puzzle do you know it's got me thinking oh, I haven't done one in years do you still start by doing getting all the outline all the edge pieces is that uh, is that the yes. tip that, that's normally the case in most cases but the odd puzzle you have to start in the centre we have one now Finn McCool that's a difficult 1000 piece one and uh, uh, my husband is a real enthusiast on puzzles, he loves he loves making them, and he says if you start in the middle, because it, it, that's quite a, a difficult one. Uh, and work we, out. And work out. Yeah. Whoa! Ah, I, I, how the mind boggles to, as to how you how you'd even do that. And of course, your board games, they're educational, Mary. So children can have fun and you learn at the same time. Exactly, exactly. Like, Who would believe it? Uh, Nineteen eighty-seven, discovering Ireland, and it's still. Huge, bigger than ever now. Well, I when I was thinking last night 
when I knew you were coming on the programme uh, today, I had to Google to see, because I remember interviewing you on yeah. the very first Discover Ireland. And I was saying, I wonder when that was. And I was gobsmacked when I saw it was 1987. I, I couldn't believe that, 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 that it's going. And I mean, you could never have predicted that you'd still be no. at it all these years later. Never, never, never. No. And we sell the Discovering Europe as well. And that's sold out as well. And we sell that to the UK as well. But at the moment, it's all only online because everywhere is closed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's and and you can get, and so you're you're still very much a family-run business though, aren't you? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're very small. Yeah. So the orders come in and you get them together and get them out to people. That's it. That's fantastic, it. fantastic. So we're, And at the moment, there's quite a, you know, they have to wait a little while now because there's so many orders in that... Um, it's only you know we have nobody in here because we don't want to risk anything. Yeah. So it's it's the process of packing each one is quite slow, and uh, but we're getting around that. And then into the post office. Yeah. To get okay. So goslinggames.ie. That's it. Okay. And how are you getting on? In in you're in a lovely neck of the woods to be self isolating, uh, Mary. I have to say. Are I you, know. Are you managing to get out and about every day and get your exercise well, in? And yeah, we live almost. We, the beach is like our garden and it's so quiet now, you know, it's just perfect, like really, there's nobody on that beach now. So you've almost got a private beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had you noticed how busy it had gone? Oh God, two weeks ago it was gone, it was crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. You wouldn't go near it, yeah. But now, it's all stopped now. The two kilometres. people are obeying the rules, which is a good thing. But you see, the sooner we all obey the rules, the sooner we'll get out of this. Oh, yes. You know? We've got to. We've got to, yeah. yeah. But you can see the difference. I mean, from one week to the other. Oh, like day and night. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody says, this is Magella, says, I did the Skellig Michael Jigsaw with my grandson last year. It was absolutely beautiful when it was finished, Finished, yes. says Magella. Do you suggest putting them up and mounting them and putting them up on the wall when they're done? Well, you know, uh, there are quite a few people that do it. And other people, a good idea at the moment with the things being so scarce, if they can pass them on to somebody else to do it, that's a nice thought as well. OK. And someone else says, I, I did one of Mary's uh, 1,000 piece jigsaw last year. And when we hit it all down, I discovered I'd lost one of the pieces. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we get that happen occasionally and they're right in. And my husband's so good. He has a puzzle made up. And if they're in the picture in, he goes... He, can, he knows it so well each puzzle that he sends the piece out. Ah, you're great. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. some service? Listen, yeah. continued good luck. Stay safe in Castle Freak, uh, Mary. And as always, it was a real pleasure to talk to you on the programme. Thanks a million. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. 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 Mary Bye-bye. Gosling there from Gosling Games and Jigsaw Puzzles because I know people are going stir crazy. Some people are going stir crazy trying to keep the children amused. I tell you, a big, big jigsaw puzzle and the whole family get around. Uh, everyone will get around and enjoy it. And we will. We are hoping to try and get some advice for families, primary school children, uh, just with the homeschooling and how the homeschooling is going and little tips and pointers. It's, it's another. We have a big list of experts and 
people to interview that we're hoping to bring on to lend some advice and that certainly is one of our is on our to-do list we will get to it I promise you 1850 lines have been really busy this morning a reminder that John Paul is on his own Sadie's on a day off she will be back with us tomorrow uh, so you may have difficulty getting through on the phones today but you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Get weekly news event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie from Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between. We've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click Regional Reports or download the C103 app and click Podcasts. Regional Reports, only on C103. Every couple has a story of how they met. My mum met my dad at school uh, in detention. My best friend met his wife at a club through a friend of a friend. And my boss met her fiancé after they got chatting online. Find someone to share your story with at c103dating.ie. 24% of Irish people have tried online dating and one in five relationships begin there. At c103dating.ie, we have genuine nice people that would like to meet you. Begin your story today by registering for free at c103dating.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And I'll use that song to play a request because Brendan Cuhan, I'm told, has a birthday tomorrow. He's going to be 92. Happy birthday to you, Brendan. Brendan is from Dundara, near Kinsale. Uh, Brendan is described as an absolute legend. Lots of love from Agnes, Dennis and family. And the message is, we'll celebrate after COVID-19. Thank you for being such a great dad. So happy birthday, Brendan Cuhan, Dundara in Kinsale. We're getting in early because it's not his birthday until uh, tomorrow. There's, I tell you, when all this is done and dusted and this too will pass and we will get out of this pandemic, the amount of birthday celebrations and making up for missing out on Mother's Day and that the way we're going, we might be missing out on Father's Day as well, but there'll be lots of opportunities in the future to celebrate. Hang in there. And Jer was on to us earlier to say he was in a hardware shop recently where they refused to, to, to take cash and he wants to know is it legal? Can they legally say we're only taking card? His point is the cash is legal tender and he was wondering are they able to do it? And just after Jer's call John Paul said a shop worker rang in and this was inquiring about a COVID-19 payment so John Paul used the opportunity to pick his brain and he asked the shop worker about this whole issue of shops and businesses being allowed to refuse refuse cash and the shop worker said most shops are still accepting money but people are being advised to use cards where possible and this is obviously to try to stop the spread of uh, COVID-19 but some stores and some supermarkets maybe even hardware stores are asking for card only this guy who rang us says that a lot of the staff are requesting it more than the store owners the staff themselves are not happy about using cash so they're asking their managers that they can put in place a system whereby you can just use cards uh, without having to physically hand over money and you know people people are trying to protect themselves uh, basically so he says it, it can sometimes it's not the individual shops are, are looking for it it's actually the customers themselves but Jer uh, Jer's point was is it illegal you know is it illegal because it is legal tender so I did a quick search on this and I got on to the central bank who make all the decisions around these kind of things and they say it is 
perfectly legal to refuse cash if it's in line with the Coinage Act and in the contract it is legal to specify how the financial side is to be paid. That means a retailer can refuse to accept cash, coins or cheques and they can say we're just going to use, they can also refuse credit cards, we're just going to use debit cards. It's, it, it is up to the individual retailer as the contract is not created until the money exchanges hands. So you then as an individual, the person going into the shop has the right to walk away and say, well, I don't want it because maybe maybe you don't want it because you don't have a card in which to pay. But there's nothing illegal in it, which was the point that Jerry made when he contacted us initially. Hope that clarifies that. Hi, Patricia. Chippers. Are chippers supposed to be open because there is a a chipper open in my area. Yeah, chippers fall in under takeaway food items. Now, I don't know if this is the case with all chippers, but a number of them, and John Paul said he's seen a number of them, certainly in around the city where he's been, where they have signs saying to people, you ring in your order and then they tell you when to come. So there isn't large groups of people congregating inside in the chipper. And in normal times, that's what you'd have, you know, after the pubs close, you could have, you know, many people congregating inside in the chipper to get the burger and chips on the way home. So obviously they're not allowing that with social distancing and all of that. So I'm assuming they're limiting the number of people that can even come in to to the chipper. But what they're encouraging people to do is to bring in your order in advance. Then they'll probably say to you, you know, collect that in 15 minutes and it'll be ready for you. So you can actually walk in, pick it up and you're gone. So there's no, there's no hanging around. But yes, it isn't illegal for any takeaways to operate. A couple of texts in on my chat with Peter Hines, the farmer from Aherla and Peter UK who've used the, the video of his and it's the cutest little vi- video of uh, Georgina. If you want to see it, it's up on, on Peter Hines on his, his own Twitter feed. It really is adorable. And this person says, I hate meat. I don't eat meat. It's disgusting and it's wrong. If farmers love animals, why do they kill them? The lady from PETA is right. I agree with her. All farmers care about is money and nothing else. Animals are treated wrong in farms because all farmers care about is getting paid, says this uh, listener who um, said at the outset is a vegetarian, may even be a vegan. I don't know. While somebody else says, that lady that you don, Jennifer, speaking from PETA UK, I felt was absolutely appalling. I think PETA was extremely patient with her. She's actually turned me off giving any future donations to their campaigns. And actually, one of the things that uh, Peter. UK, when I was doing some research on this yesterday, when I knew that they, that they were coming on, I happened to see a piece on, it was from one of the Australian news channels, their 60 minute uh, programme, it's on Channel 9, it's got, and they had done an undercover piece on the wet markets in China, where it's now believed, where it's now known that the coronavirus came out of in Wuhan. It was, and the, the wet markets are where they have live animals and you can buy a live animal for whatever purpose, mainly used for killing. And of course, all these animals are being caged together and they have animals that shouldn't be near other animals in their natural environment. They wouldn't be together. And they say that's one of the reasons that these viruses grow because you've got animals, even animals from different countries, all sharing the same space, crates upon crates upon crates. I mean, when it comes to a cruelty issue, it is unreal. And I know, before anyone jumps down my throat, that's exactly the kind of stuff that Peter... UK campaign against but it just struck me when I saw 
Peter's wonderful little video of Georgina reading to, to the cows and then I saw what's going on in these wet markets in many Asian countries and you're thinking they've a lot more to be worried about than animals that are well looked after on a little farm in Aherla when you see some of the disgusting scenes that have come out from those wet markets and by the way you know we're led to believe that all those wet markets have closed. They haven't. This undercover piece from these Australian journalists are showing that these wet markets are open and some that had been closed have reopened and that just scares the living daylights out of me because we'll get over this coronavirus and then what will be the next one if we don't stop that kind of trade going on in other countries. It's just d- disgusting and shocking. 1850 Hi Patricia, I am sitting here listening to you about the COVID-19 payment and the free fuel. There seems to be no problem with that and the Home Helps can't even get aprons. Can you explain that to me? Says Mary from Ross Garbury. They came up with the money for the additional payment of fuel allowance and I think did it, did, is it over 30 million or something they had to come up with to pay a month of extra fuel allowance to people I'm, I'm sure it was and actually just on that on the home helps not having the masks not having the aprons um, barely in times having enough uh, gloves listen to this on an email that I received in uh, overnight from a listener from Um, I don't know whether she wants her name read out or not, so I won't mention it yet. But it says, hi, Patricia, I'm emailing you out of concern. My daughter is a public health nurse working in the North Cork area and they have absolutely no protective equipment. These PPEs that we're talking about, personal protective equipment, and neither have any of her colleagues. This job consists of visiting the elderly who may need ulcers dressed, visiting newborn babies and their mothers, and also visiting people who have cancer, who have had chemotherapy. All of these people have compromised immunity. My daughter is so aware of this and is so worried for these people and for herself. She has asked umpteen times about getting masks and even contacted the local GP last week and told him of their plight. He was able to give her a half a box of masks, which was better to her and her colleagues than giving her gold. Patricia, I'm wondering, can you put out a call to any company that would supply the public health nurses of North Cork with masks, please? I know there was a massive consignment of PPE gear came into Ireland from China at the weekend. But where they are is another question. They have certainly not been given out to any of the public health nurses. There is a very high percentage of healthcare professionals after coming down with coronavirus, which does include public health nurses. Dr Tony Houlihan can ask why, but maybe if all our healthcare staff were given the protection gear they need, it might just control some of the new cases. As a mother, I want my daughter to be safe. As a nurse, she wants her patients to be safe. As a nation, we want everyone to be safe. I'm sorry my email is so long. Thanking you, kind regards, Kathleen. Isn't that unreal? I mean, we've been hearing all the time from the home helps going from house to house and been told that, you know, no, you have what you have and that's it and you're not, you're not getting anything else. But I didn't realise that it also extended to public health nurses. And when John Paul got on to the Cork Kerry Community Healthcare, they sent us back the very same response that they sent us when we asked them about the home helps. And that's all down to washing your hands. Talking about staff, I've been reminded of the importance of regular 
of regular hand hygiene through hand washing. Staff have been issued with leaflets and posters and the advice not to thoroughly wash their hands need to be adhered to and that's simply what they came up with and just at the end of the statement it says all staff will have access to personal protective equipment where and when it's required but here a public health nurse is saying it's required now. It was required yesterday, it was required last week, it was required the week before and it will be required next week and the week after and the week after. Yeah, so if there's any company out there can help out because we know and we've heard of lots of companies have been dropping personal protective equipment like gloves and masks and aprons that they're no longer using because their businesses are closed at the moment and they've been dropping them into hospitals. If anybody wants to pass them on to public health nurses this this email coming in from the North Cork area but I'm assuming if it's happening in the North Cork area it's happening in the West Cork area East Cork all over. So if anybody wants to help out there uh, please do and uh, Kathy thank you for your email and I hope your daughter and all of her clients uh, stay safe. Hi Patricia I'm wondering about the extended fuel allowance that you mentioned how will it be paid if you will always will you be getting the two week payment will you be getting it every second week because the payments have gone to two weekly payments yeah people got paid last week for two weeks so the next payment is due next Friday which is the 10th and the 10th would be the last payment of the fuel allowance I'm assuming because they're still they're paying they will be paying a double week again on the 10th so I am assuming it'll be two weekly after that is how they'll pay it uh, as well uh, because they're trying to lessen the amount of time that people have to go to the post office so I couldn't see them asking people to come in just for your fuel allowance so I'm assuming yeah it'll be paid two weekly uh, as well Hi Patricia would you wish John and Anne McGrath from Butterfield a happy wedding anniversary they're 42 years married today God that's beyond a lifetime for, for many people 42 years Anne is in Padre Pio nursing home so they won't be able to see each other today oh. I tell you, some of those stories are just absolutely heartbreaking. But what, wishing them all the best. Cathy, Paddy, Carmen, Emma, Emily, Tiana, lovely name, Tiana and uh, David. So lots of love and best wishes to John and Anne McCarthy from Butterfield. And again, when all of this is over, they'll celebrate that 42nd wedding anniversary. And just think this time next year, the celebration they'll have for the 43rd and we'll be thinking back to how different it all was uh, last year. Mary says, Patricia, is it possible to apply for the fuel allowance? Now, I, I would think not because the fuel allowance runs from... September through to April. So people apply for the fuel alliance at the start of the fuel season. I suppose I would say nothing ventured, nothing gained to give them a call. But I, I, I won't say give them a call because there's no point calling them. The Department of Social Welfare are swamped at the moment and they don't appear to be taking calls because somebody said, Patricia, there's no answer to calls to the department regarding the €350 Euro payment that was paid out yesterday. My husband didn't receive it and we've no way of finding out what the reason was. No one has contacted us. We can't get in contact with anyone. It's very frustrating and that's one, that is one of the listeners who didn't receive the vast majority of our listeners who were entitled to €350 received it yesterday but not everybody has received it and I mentioned there was 15,000 for a variety of reasons some were they doubly applied and others there was the wrong PPS number or the wrong IBAN number I will direct you to gov.ie because they they have a section on what if I haven't received a payment as expected and they go down to the reason that people haven't received it some people were just not entitled to it now obviously if you are absolutely 100% sure that you are entitled to it, uh, then 
something has gone wrong, you've somehow fallen between the cracks. Maybe they don't have the correct PPS number. Maybe they can't read your IBAN number. They are suggesting if you didn't qualify and you still are 100% sure that you are eligible, they are suggesting that you can submit an application through my welfare. That's even though that they say if you haven't done so already. Hang on, let me just quickly read down uh, through it. Um, applications with the incorrect details. The number of applications by the department received did not have correct details. In the majority of cases, the reasons were incorrect bank accounts. Blah blah blah. Incorrect details. Please note that we will never ask you for the the confirm your details over the phone. Reapply if you think you may have incorrectly submitted the de- the above details and you meet all the qualifying criteria set about for the COVID nineteen pandemic unemployed payments and you did not receive a payment yesterday then we request that you submit another application through the button below. You have to do it online. Please note that reapplications can only be done online through mywelfare.ie. OK, so either go to gov.ie as I've just done there and you'll, you'll come to that page or else go directly to mywelfare.ie. You need to submit a second application and make sure that everything, you have all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed, because it looks like from that piece on mygov.ie, they're not contacting people to say, we have incorrect bank details for you. You haven't given us the correct PPS number. But if you meet all the other criteria, you're aged between 18 and 66. You are, are not, you have not become you are fully unemployed because it says on this you may not have become fully unemployed but if you have they're the ones who didn't meet the, quali- the, the qualification or if you're still being paid by your employer under the temporary COVID-19 wage subsidy obviously you're not going to do that. Okay, but let's assuming that you've met all the other criteria everything is right but you just haven't got your paid then you just you need to reapply again but there's there's no point ringing them because they're obviously they're just not taking calls possibly because they got so swamped last week and also applications that were, were received before applications received from mywelfare.ie before 4pm this coming Friday and who meet the qualifying conditions you'll be paid on Tuesday the 7th of April so you will still have another week. Okay, but hopefully that's clarified it for people. If for whatever reason you haven't received the payment and you are entitled to it, you need to reapply through mywelfare.ie. Make sure it's in by four o'clock this Friday and then you will will receive your payment next uh, Tuesday. But just do one double check on all your bank accounts today to make sure that it has there hasn't been some delay that it took an extra day for it to go through. Hi Patricia, just to let people know, I have a sister-in-law who works as a student nurse in a Cork hospital. She's on placement at the moment. There is a misconception out there about student nurses getting paid for their work while on placement. They're not. As she is working on the front line, she can't come home to see any of her family and she's alone in Cork with no money thanking you Patricia okay do I take it from from that particular text that some cohort of student workers are getting paid but judging by that particular text not all student nurses we'll look into that and find out what is the criteria what student nurses are getting it and what student nurses are not hi Patricia I hope the government don't forget the great work of the post men and women and what they are doing at the moment and I hope they never forget it when they even suggest trying to close down a post office. I also hope all of those medics that have come back into the country that they hire them on full time 
contracts and by doing that we won't end up with the large numbers on trolleys going forward. 1850 Phone lines continue to be busy so have patience with that please but we are looking for your gardening questions for Peter Dowdell you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie Synergy Credit Union in Formoy They are closing at 1.30pm Monday through to Friday until further notice They also will be closed all day Saturday If you'd like further details you can free phone them on one 800 272927 and we continue to give out details of community groups that are working in local areas to help people out if you're in the Douglas area you can call 0834820476 if you're a vulnerable person in need of help the chairman of Dramina Community Council Donal O'Connell will arrange help for anybody in the Dramina area his number is 085 and Dunmanway Community Initiative, they've over 40 volunteers available to help people in the Dunmanway area. Your contact there is Darren on 086 7264 C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor, Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. What are farmers' spring crop options? Some people would have liked to try to get beans in early in particular, or maybe the likes of spring wheat. Now, because the area wasn't sown in the autumn, and you know, the seed trade couldn't have predicted this, so seed will be scarce. Turn on Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Range, the complete feed for your calves this spring. Only on C103. Texts coming in, and they are coming in. Hot and heavy uh, today. So I hope I can get to them all. Uh, any update on the National Driver's Licence situation? And somebody else was looking for an update on the NCTs. They've all been suspended until further notice, which means you are you can drive around with an out-of-date driver's licence. You can drive around with an out-of-date uh, NCT certificate until further notice. They have decided to close all of the offices and that's, I think, for the protection of the staff and social distancing and all of that. Uh, so that's the... So you don't have to worry about your driving licence or your NCT cert. You can, you can't be stopped by the guards and prosecuted for having an out-of-date one at the moment until further notice. That will change. Hi, Patricia. I got a notice. I got notice on last uh, Friday night that uh, my job, um, I can't work as my job is not essential. I applied for my COVID-19 payment on Monday last the 30th. When do you think I will get paid? Okay, you will get paid in next. They're processing all those applications this week. All of the people who got paid were people whose applications were in by last Thursday, the 26th of March. They're now working on on applications that came in from Friday, the 27th of March and all applications up to and including this Friday, the 3rd of April, if it's in by 4pm, you will be paid next Tuesday, the 7th of April. And you won't lose out because they're paying the payments for 12 weeks because I know people were disappointed. They thought yesterday they were going to get a double payment, but Regina Doherty said no, they're paying the €350 for 12 weeks. So you will get it for the next uh, 12 weeks. That's if your job is gone for the next 12 weeks. Let's try and be positive and hope people will be back and won't need to be out of work for the full 12 weeks. Hi Patricia, I think it's absolutely crazy. 
that supermarket workers are not wearing masks. The only reason the WHO and the Irish government are saying they don't have to is uh, and that they don't work, I feel, is because the frontline health workers need the personal protection equipment and it's been rationed and they don't want to run out of it. They want to keep it for the frontline workers in the hospital. Even in the US last night stated that once they have enough stock for all of their healthcare workers, they will most likely advise all Americans to start wearing them. Hi Patricia, I'm just wondering if it would be okay if my husband and I went out for a drive on Sunday and we won't get out of the car, just give us a break from the house. You're obviously cocooning and you're over 70. I'd love to be able to say get into the car and go for a drive but according to the letter of the law that was introduced on cocooning, you're not allowed to leave the house. You can go out in the garden if you, if those of those of us that are lucky to have gardens and even though I have a tiny one you can get out in the garden have a walk around and I understand you can be going stir crazy uh, stuck inside but the, the rules are no you're not to leave your house you must stay within the confines of your house and garden and please God they'll start to lift the restrictions a little bit and, and maybe that'll be one of the ones when they start to lift it allowing people out for a little bit of a drive Hi Patricia I'm just wondering will it be up to your company or will it be up to the government to, to decide if it's safe to go back to work or not thinking you says John well it'll be the National Public Health Emergency Team, they are the ones who make the decision. They advise the government when any of the stricter rules and regulations have come in. The government are taking their lead from the National Public Health Emergency Team and they're the crowd that we see every night. Not the crowd sounds the wrong word. They're the group that we see every night like, like Tony Houlihan and that. They are the ones that make the decisions. So they will advise the government and then the government will make the decision. And I don't know, people are saying, will there be one day where we'll wait to see Leo on the news and he'll announce it's all gone. I don't think it's going to happen like that. I think it's going to be slowly restrictions will be lifted and please God it'll happen sooner rather than later and then eventually all of the restrictions will be lifted and the listener says what I'm going to say and please don't anyone it'll sound racist but it's not meant to be racist so please don't take it as a racist comment but this coronavirus that we're now all living with this texture started in China and now it's spread all over the world and yet we're at the stage where China have got on top of the virus and on top of the pandemic and now they're removing their masks they've reopened the markets where it all started and to cap it all they're now making an absolute fortune selling the personal protective equipment to countries all over the world. It just doesn't seem right to me, says this texture. They caused the trouble. The least they can do is to supply the world with equipment free of uh, charge. And actually somebody yesterday thought as well, wasn't it great that the Chinese are they supplying the world with the PPEs free of charge? And they're not. I mean, our government, I think it's 124 million euro has been spent over this short period of time the 60 flights that are going over and back to the Chinese to Chinese companies are making a lot of money and they, they, they had locked down for two months but they're all a lot of them are back there's still areas the area of Hubei in Wuhan I know is still closed down I think they're planning on reopening that area this weekend but other factories have started to reopen and they're certainly making personal protective equipment for countries all over uh, the world someone else says there's a company producing masks in Kilmalik that's fantastic there are some companies but they're not producing producing the volumes that we need and the volumes that our hospitals need and all of our frontline staff we need so much of it that we have to go to countries like like 
China that were always the countries traditionally that made the vast bulk of them. Eamon and Cove says, good morning Patricia. I recall reading about 10 weeks ago before the current crisis how New York City had brought in regulations to force all shops and businesses to accept cash as payment. This was so as to include those who didn't have bank accounts or cards and to avoid the problems called by gerification in New York City. I think though that should be given to those who haven't got a bank account because they do uh, I did think though that that should be given to those who don't have bank accounts because they do exist and there are people who only like to deal with money and actually I can't get over uh, particularly in the older generation well I can get over it it's it's, uh, the older generation or a generation that always dealt in cash and they like to know exactly how much they have in the purse or in the wallet every week they know how long it's going to last. They might have a little bit of savings and all of that, but they like to deal in cash. And that's one of the things we, particularly since cocooning came in at midnight on Friday, the number of people say, I have to get out. I need to get to the bank. I need to get to the credit union. I need to pick up my pension. I deal week to week. You know, and the number of people who only deal in cash and want bills paid. And that's why we're asking those people who are staying at home to reach out to somebody else. There are other people there that will be able to uh, help you. Uh, Patricia, please, could you try to get it out to people over 70s that they must stay at home and by the way I am over 70 says this listener who gets it but not everyone is getting it and there are people out and about and we certainly are hearing from people who are contacting us saying that they're gobsmacked at the number of people over 70s that are going out are going shopping are going to the chemist have been seen out and about and really all of this has been done to protect the over 70s. The reason that this has been put in place, it's not to, you know, to take people's civil liberties away. It's not to, to say to people, we're locking you up and we're never leaving you out again. The reason that this decision has been made is because we need to look after our older people. And the safest way we can stop the older generation from getting the coronavirus is to keep them inside in their own houses where we know there's no coronavirus at the moment and not put them in the way of anyone who might have the coronavirus, who might pass it on to them and then the younger person will have it and they'll be fine. They mightn't even know that they have it but passing it on to somebody over the age of 70 who will then end up in hospital, will then end up maybe needing an ICU bed and end up on a ventilator and might not make it. Look at the amount of, when you do the breakdown of the figures of the number of people who have sadly passed away. And this is not just in this country, this is all over the world. It's the older generation, it's the people over 70 that are more likely to die than someone in a younger age group. So please, folks, we're not doing it to be mean to anybody over the age of 70. We're just trying to keep you safe. And the bearer listener says, hi Patricia, hope you're keeping well. On the question about accepting cash in shops, most staff are wearing gloves, so there shouldn't be a problem with cash if all the cashiers wear gloves. I love listening to your programme. Stay safe and stay safe to you as well. Thank you for that. Hi Patricia, would it not be better if staff in grocery shops wore gloves when handling money and filling the shelves as I don't see my local grocers doing that? Why not? Why are they not helping themselves and others? I reversed two pairs of ordinary gloves when each pair was washed. I reversed my two pairs of ordinary gloves when each pair was oh, like marigolds. Are they the kind of, kind of the thicker gloves? But of course, it goes back to hand hygiene. If you keep your hands clean, because with gloves, when you're wearing gloves as well, you have to keep the gloves clean. The gloves have to be treated like 
your hands as well. They can, if you're going to come in contact with someone with the virus, the gloves can pick up the virus as well. So you need to be careful and about not touching your face. I suppose keeping the hands clean and not touching the face are the two things we have to remember. What happens if a person doesn't have a card to pay for their groceries and the shop only takes cards, card and can own, and you can only give uh, money? Uh, well. I, in in an instant like that, I'm, I'm assuming you're somebody who's trying to ring out for groceries. I would talk with your local grocery shop, see what your local grocery shop was delivering is saying. And if all else fails, then ring one of the helplines and they certainly will work around and they'll organise that because I know they've been doing shopping for people and there hasn't been an issue with taking money and giving back change and paying for the groceries, etc. Don't forget the Cork County Council is the important number for you to ring and they'll put you in contact with somebody in your area who can help you. 1-800, it's a free phone number, 1-800-805-819. Hi Patricia, a lot of us home helps can't get the gloves for our work. We have been looking for them. We have to do self-care with our clients. Um, and someone else when I'm when I put the when I put the call out if anybody had available masks to give to public health nurses in North Cork somebody say, uh, says Patricia will you put that call out please for anybody that could give to public health nurses gloves and masks in the West Cork area as well we could do with them too okay let me take a break and we are back we'll leave COVID nineteen there and let's talk gardening with Peter Dowdle eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three text WhatsApp oh eight six two 103 103. Hey, it's Simon back on your radio first thing tomorrow morning from six playing Cork's greatest hits while you're getting out of bed. Things to do while we're all staying indoors that might help you with the cabin fever. You're doing a grand job, Simon, keeping us sane. And all the latest. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. To news updates for Cork to start your Thursday. I love the show, Simon. Join me tomorrow morning. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
Peter Dowdell joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. Peter, how are you? I'm very well. A number of people are on about garden centres because garden centres obviously are not an essential service. Do you know if some are doing click and collect or delivery services? It seems to be quite vague because in the original um, measures they were they were written as an essential service, believe it or not. Um, but it does that some are open and some aren't. Perhaps any any garden centres that are listening will, will ring it to clarify. I know certainly then there's a lot of online uh, gardening products available. My own store, theirishgardener.com, we sell online, but we've run into two hurdles. One being we just can't get the stock, so we're sold out of most things so because suppliers are closed. And number two, I'm kind of thrown out to be, to be pushing it myself because, you know, we don't want too many people out driving and delivering and things like that. So Yeah, um, I, I suppose wait for this two weeks to pass and, yes, and maybe, they, maybe they'll ease off. I was watching on, on BBC Alan Titmarch, is that the guy's name, the gardening guy? Yeah, uh, he was. He did a piece. He was just talking about they were they were showing nurseries who are are all ready to ship all their stuff to garden centres. But obviously, all the garden centres have closed over there as well. It will decimate that industry. It will decimate the industry, but it's not the only industry, uh, Trisha, that, that's going to be decimated by this. But, yeah. and we ha- we all have to. I mean, this is coming into our busy, busy time. This is our time that that, that we make our money, if you like, for the year. But we all just have to accept that this is the way it is and I think if we we have to think of the greater good because yeah. if, if everybody keeps trying to I don't agree with Alan that garden centres should be open because you know people are then mixing and people are 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 you know the virus is spreading we need to do what we're told we, we, we need to stay at home we need to stop this from spreading and I think if we all behave ourselves and do what we're told I think this will be over much sooner rather than later and I think people have to focus the minds here that if this isn't cleared up soon, well, we're 12 to 18 months away from a vaccine, so do we really want to be waiting that long? Like, if we behave ourselves now, it's going to be more than two weeks. It could be as much as two or three months, but that's a short period of time compared to the the alternative. So I think if garden centres and everything needs to stay closed now, well said and there's still a lot of work you can still do in the garden anyway and some people obviously got it got 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 ahead because Nora McCroom says could you ask Peter can I set early potatoes peas and begonia bulbs now she obviously has them all ready to go yes 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 and and uh, that's is okay the garden centres that need to be closed but the other side of it is if you have a garden at all it is such uh, uh, a resource to have at the moment it's such an asset to have because you can go out and while away the hours and Brilliant for your mental health, brilliant for your physical health, brilliant for everything. So yes, now is start the, the peas, the begonia bulbs, all of those. Now is the time to do it. Hi, could you ask Peter what fertiliser to use on a lawn that was planted last year? It's poor at present, almost brownish in colour, says Veronica. I would look at using lawn gold. And the reason I keep coming back to lawn gold is because it, it's, it's, it's an environmentally sound product, but it works on a back-to-basics approach. So that by direct by, by delivering, if you like, the correct amount of nutrients into the root zone for the lawn, you're, I keep quoting their own marketing speak, which is the, the, the best prevention, the best way to prevent moss on a lawn is by optimum grass growth. So by getting the right nutrient balance into the root zone, uh, you're, you're encouraging very good grass growth and you're also establishing and then maintaining a pH in which moss can't grow because moss is actually the biggest uh, threat to your lawn, if you like. Now, some people love moss, but that's fine too, but if you want a moss-free lawn, uh, you do need to have the correct pH with the slightly alkaline. Don't be putting on sulfate of iron or anything with sulfate of iron in it because while that will turn the moss black, it will also create 
create acidic conditions, you're guaranteed a moth will come back. By, by creating a, an alkaline pH, a limey pH, you're creating conditions that the grass will love, but moss won't. So Lawn Gold does that along with delivering the, the correct amount of nitrogen, potassium and phosphorus at the right times of the year. So that's what I would look for. But again, garden centres being closed, you might get it online, uh, but that is definitely the product I would use. OK, Margaret wants to know, is it too late to prune raspberries at this stage? You know, it's better late than never, Trish, because if you don't, what you'll end up with is a mixture of last year's stems and this year's, and none of them will fruit very, very well for you. You'll end up with a weak harvest. So it's it's a bit late, but it's not too, too late. So I would harvest last year's stems. So any stem that that gave you uh, berries last year, cut them off. They'll be quite quite brown and woody in colour. And the ones that were green last year and didn't give you any fruit, well, they're the ones that you, you need to concentrate on for this year. And Margaret also has a creeper going around an arch in her garden. Is it too late to cut that? Depends on what it is. It's not quite as simple to say yes or no to that one. So it depends. You know what? A good way to figure it out is when does it flower? So if it flowers, let's say any time now in the next month or so, then don't prune it because the flower buds are most likely already on it. However, if it doesn't flower till, let's say it's a late flowering clematis or something like that that wouldn't flower till obviously later in the summer, uh, well, then you might still get away with giving it a trim. Um, but it does depend on what it is I'm afraid Okay and Michael in Skull says I bought a large gold crest Wilma Yes It's about a foot and a half to two foot tall it's in a pot what height do you think it'll grow to and is it better in a pot or should I put it out into the garden Well I'm I'm kind of laughing here to myself because when he said he bought a large one no he didn't he bought a very small one Did he? Gold crest Wilmas will get tall I mean they'll they'll get upwards of 20 feet so uh, it's a foot or a foot and a half now. That that it's quite a juvenile. Um, it, it will do fine in a pot, but obviously, if you bear in mind its overall size, it will want a very big pot in the long term. But you can keep it in a pot. It's very often grown as a pot plant or a container plant for the first few years. Uh, let's say until it gets to two or three feet, and then moved out into the garden. So uh, yeah, if you want to have it in a pot for the first few years, do. But in the longer term, I think you'd certainly be moving into the garden somewhere. And Mags wants to know, can she set rooster seed potatoes? Is it okay to use ones that sprouted recently in bags that I got from the supermarket? Okay, well, the correct answer here is no, it's not. And the reason for that is because they're not certified seed potatoes, they're not certified disease-free or pest-free or anything like that. So that's why you shouldn't. But (laughs) try getting certified seed potatoes right now. Yeah. Because everywhere is number one sold out and number two not open. So the, the the textbook and correct answer to give you is no, but on saying that, in give terms, it a try. Give it a go. Give Absolutely. it a go. Give Absolutely. it a go. Yeah. Okay, and very quickly, if I can get one last in, um, Eileen, how can I prevent the imminent attack of white fly and green fly on our lupins? Remember, my plants being covered with them last year, and I would like to be a step ahead of them this time. Garlic, which we've often mentioned on, on this program, Trish, garlic mixed with water. So pulp, uh, you Google the recipe, you'll find it anyway. But pulp up a few, a few mash, mash up a few cloves of garlic, uh, a litre or two of boiling water on top. Do this outside because it does smell, as you can imagine. Uh, a litre or two of boiling water on top of it. Leave it sit for a day or two. Uh, then dilute it with water. Again, depending on, on the strength that you've made, it will tell you the dilution. Spray that on your lupins. It won't do any harm to any pests or plants or anything, but what it does is it makes the plants totally unpalatable to, to aphids and to a lesser degree slugs, but certainly to aphids, they, they, they won't come near it. OK, all right, listen, and you're enjoying being out in the garden, are you? I am enjoying being well out done. in the garden. And if, very briefly, if I may, Trish, just my own Facebook page, I 
Garden or on Facebook. Uh, I've just uh, done a thing with with Mary Mount Hospice because obviously there every uh, every charity is struggling. Oh, the moment. fundraisers, yeah. So just uh, if you, I don't charge for any of the advice or anything I do on Facebook. It's all free because I enjoy doing it. But if you've ever benefited from it, or if you enjoy the page, or if you enjoy gardening, you know, there's the, 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 the donate button on the page well done. for Mary Mount to give me a euro or two. Well done. Well done. Okay, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks for that, Peter. Look forward to it. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Peter Dowd of the IrishGardener.com. Did I see a request come in and I said I'd give a quick mention if I could. Somebody's having a birthday today. Mary Howrahan in Reen Rower East in Bantry. I'm told it's Mary's birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Mary. Hope you're having a lovely, lovely uh, day. And somebody has been on to tell me that gloves and masks are available in Mulca. He's chemist at the Primary Healthcare Centre in Mallow because a number of people were looking to buy them and they were going into other chemists and they didn't have them but uh, Joan has been in there and said she's seen them on sale at the Primary Healthcare Centre the chemist shop out the uh, front and others are asking about the driving licence and the NCT uh, if you've got an out of date on what happens with your insurance and I know the RSA are looking into that so if we get an update on that uh, we certainly will bring it to you tomorrow. Okay that's where I leave you for today. My apologies if we didn't get around to all your calls and texts as always we will get and we will read all of them when we come off air. Thanks to John Paul. Talk to you tomorrow. Stay safe. Every Friday, we're counting down to the weekend. The weekend. By turning up the Feel Good. C103's Feel Good Friday brings you six hours of Feel Good Greatest Hits. Join Nick Richards from 1 and Martina O'Donoghue from 4. As we get you weekend ready. Weekend ready. Turning up the feel good for Cork. For Cork. Every Friday from 1. Feel Good Friday, only on C103. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.